What if you believed you could achieve any success you want? What would you do differently? What would you think differently? Thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. I'm coming to you from the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. My focus each week is to share with you success tips, insights, and how to do it that help you achieve the results and successes you've always wanted in your business, in your career, and in other areas of your life. Are you ready to uncover the success you've always wanted? Keep listening. Brene Brown has said, you either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. Many of us love to tell our stories and enjoy listening to others share their successes and challenges. We are inspired by what others have accomplished and the struggles or situations they've had to overcome. Yet many of us, when we tell our stories, we talk as if we're not part of them. We talk about them as in a third-person narrative, and we come across as cold and not engaging. In business, or as an author, or a job seeker, when we fail to engage our audiences, we fail to share who we are and provide them the insights into how we resolved our own struggles and situations. We've all had them. Yet many times, fail to share what we've been through because we fear being humiliated or embarrassed, or we fear that others won't agree, or that they'll use our experiences against us. It's important we connect with our audiences authentically. It's how you develop connections that are important in your life and help you become successful. We all have amazing stories to share, and in order for other people to learn about them, we need to share them. My guest today specializes in humanizing stories. It's not hard, but it does take time and practice to keep them engaging. What can you do to become a better storyteller? Keep listening. My guest today is Don Cardona with Cardona Creative. He's a former NBC and ESPN sports producer. His passion is capturing the essence of how to help others succeed. And I know personally, having met with him and talked with him, he's got a phenomenal ear and he pulls things out of your story that you don't even know is there. It's a true gift. In a moment, I'll have Don introduce himself in 20 words or less. As I've mentioned in my earlier podcast and in my book, It's Time to Brag, it's important to keep your intro short and on point to capture others' attention. Don, welcome. Thank you, Jeanette. It's great to have you here. Yeah, I look forward to this. Great. I am too. So 20 words or less, who are you? I guess I would say I'm the person that businesses hire to find the impactful stories to help them better relate to their clients and customers. That's great. And having seen your work, you are just phenomenal. It is a true gift. Thank so you. let's get right into how to help our listeners. Why is it important to humanize our stories? I mean, humanize, what does that even mean? Yeah, humanizing is something that uh, is a term that came from my time at ESPN, where we would try and uh, find ways to connect athletes with the viewers. A lot of people see them, a lot of fans see them as a bunch of athletes that make a lot of money. And when you find out that it's not just about playing on the court, the, the work they do in the community, the things that they do uh, in general. And when 
a business can relate to their customers better, there's a better connection. So it doesn't feel as if a company is trying to sell something to their clients or customers. Really what uh, humanizing is about is making or finding the story to show people so that they say, oh, I know what you do, or, oh, I kind of like you. Maybe I'll talk to you more. It doesn't mean that it's going to immediately sell something to you, but you keep them in mind because stories are memorable. Stories have been told since the beginning of time, and most of it started verbally. And now we've transitioned back into verbal, but visual can be accomplished over the internet or wherever you are. Personally, as a keynote speaker, have shared stories. And it's funny because a year or so, or even five years later, people come to me and remind me of a story I told. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And that is the power of well-designed and well-told stories. So what are the biggest obstacles that most people have when they putting together their story, either for a business for sales, for maybe getting that next job or that next opportunity. What are the biggest obstacles that you have found most people experience? For me, what I found the biggest obstacle is that six inches between the ears. Everybody, you know, it's funny to say, but it's true because we think too much. You know, I do. We let that little voice in our head get in the way. Right. I love that. It is, it is that self-confidence to be able to tell the story. In a regular conversation, like you and I can have, whether it's be a one-on-one, we're able to naturally tell those stories. But once we think that, once we're conscious about knowing that we have to tell a story or need to tell a story to, to like I said, connect better with people, then it becomes the thought process of the self-conscious. I don't like my voice. I don't like the way I look on camera. If it is a story that's on camera, you know, if it's audio, it's definitely the voice. You know, we, we, we get very self-conscious in the way we think we need to present it rather than just being like we normally are. So I'd say that's the biggest uh, obstacle is just having that self-confidence that you have a story to tell and it's an important story. It's just trying to find the right story. And then the second thing I'd say would be how to formulate that story the best. I think, you know, with your book, It's Time to Brag, which, you know, I've, I've read and I, I really like, it's how do you tell that story without feeling like you're bragging or making it about you? And it's important, as you know, to be able to do that. And I think that's where the hangup comes from is, oh, if I'm doing a video for myself or I'm, if I'm telling my story, it's all about me. And you know better than I that it's important that you tell that. It's just doing it in the right ways. I think those are the two biggest obstacles. And then the third is just knowing how to do it. And that's you know, that's something that you can do, but it does take effort. It takes introspection. It takes a way of formulating all of that into the right message. And that's where it's hard even for me to tell my own story is because I see myself differently than everybody else. Whereas if I talk to somebody and we get to know each other, they, they kind of know who I am and then they can help approach that story from a different angle so that that person on the other side is going to receive that message better. Great. Yeah, I know a lot of times, and I'm just as guilty, I talk from my head and I forget right. to engage my heart. And, and sometimes it's kind of scary to do that. Right. What have you done to get past, or maybe you haven't had that fear, 
but if you have, what have you done or what have you had other people do to get past that fear of engaging the heart? Well, for me, I started my career on television. My very first job was as a reporter anchor, but it's different because I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about the sports that I was covering, you know, and telling other, you know, documenting a game or covering uh, somebody's story in that regard. So it was different. But when you look at it from your own perspective, exactly like you said, I didn't know what to do and I'm doing this for company. That's been a little bit of a struggle to try and get myself out of it. But one thing I realized again, and I, I mentioned it just a second ago is people see me for who I am, not how I'm seeing myself. And so once I grasped that concept, it was easier for me to say, you know what? I don't have to look perfect. I don't have to sound great. If I make mistakes, people accept that, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent polished in something that you're doing. You just have to have the right essence. When I realized that it made it a little bit easier and it's still hard for me to look at, you know, when I'm looking at myself or hearing myself in front of an audience when I speak, but it's a little more comfortable for me now because I realize that I'm noticing all my flaws. Nobody else is. And when I was on, you know, when I was producing network sports, if there was a graphic that came up that was a, an error, a lot of times we, our announcers would say, Oh, that's a mistake. You know, 95% of the audience isn't going to recognize that unless it was an egregious mistake, you know, in the, in the amount of wins or losses, just move on and just kind of, mention it but don't point it out boy don't point out that error and the same goes for us when telling our stories nobody knows that it's not exactly how you wanted to present it exactly i remember one time being so afraid to do a presentation to a group of business owners and i had a friend one time say to me and she was a marketing genius and i still have her as my coach today she said you know Jeanette, even when you're bad you're good and I think what you're pointing to is get out of your head about it's got to be a perfect way because what right. you perceive to be perfect may not be what is perfect to them. And I can say that I, over the course of 25 years being in sports television in many different capacities, I've never had a perfect show. But when you see, you know, certain awards that you've won and stuff, it's great because all your hard work's there. But I see in the short film that I was fortunate enough to have won an international short film competition for, I see a hundred mistakes in that three minute film, but I ended up winning. So they don't see that I do. And that's the same for when we're telling stories about ourselves is nobody sees all those, those details that you know, are maybe not what you want them to be. It's the general essence of what it is you're trying to convey. Yeah. It's like taking that little chatterbox I call. <laughs> in our head, between our ears, as you mentioned earlier, that those six inches between one ear and the other, it's right. telling that little voice of, to be quiet. <laughs> exactly. Like, and it's hard. Know, I mean, it's hard. It's not It easy. is. It's but, just, you know, some of the most amazing speakers, though, have been people that are willing to share. Now, sometimes they share too much. I right. got that. But usually their stories are engaging because they're willing to share about who they are and what they're up to, and the mistakes that they've had right. and made. But they don't leave the listener there. They take them further into what they've done to resolve it or what they're in the process of doing to get there. Right. So what did you learn as a sports producer that kept game audiences attentive? Like, how does that apply today to people like me 
and our listeners who have business ideas, uh, we're out there selling, we're seeking new career opportunities. What can we do to keep them keep their attention on us at least for a few <laughs> minutes? <laughs> well, really, any kind of storytelling involves a little bit of a struggle. I would say, you know, most of the successful movies that are out there, there's a protagonist that has to go through some kind of trial before he becomes the hero. It's very similar with sports as well, although most of the time it's just a game. But what we did as producers is look for those stories because there's there's a hundred or more stories for each game. You know, base. I'll I'll give baseball um, some attention here because that was my primary focus as a producer: half hours or four and a half hours. And to make a broadcast interesting, when the game is six to one in the second inning, you're going to start losing viewers unless you've planned and thought about stories to keep viewers engaged. And I feel that it's the same way with any kind of business as well, because if people don't know your story, why are they going to care? Why are they going to care to do business in a business that is commodity driven? You know, what makes that person stand out? And we hear that all the time as entrepreneurs is how do you, how are you different than this guy who's doing this or that? And it's true. But part of that reason is because I think that those businesses have not yet been able to identify what story connects best with the customers they're trying to attract. And, you know, with sports, what I've learned is how to tell that story in a brief amount of time. For instance, when a, when a broadcast starts, there could be a 10 second tease to start the show off. And that 10 second tease is trying to capture what the story is, what in the game, who to watch, and why you should care. In 10 seconds, that seems like a, a huge thing to, 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 to overcome, but it gotten to the point, at least the teams that I've worked with, where you can find in 10 seconds that story that you're going to say, bang, here's why you need to watch. Now you continue watching, and then you start unraveling a little bit more of the story. For a business audience, there are many different ways of doing that networking or advertising and things of that nature. And those are more offensive and strategic to get people interested. But once they come back to you, is there a story there that is compelling enough for them to want to continue that conversation or build that relationship with somebody? I think you bring up a good point. Um, just to interject here for a second, when you talk about networking, I mean, that is how we met at a, right. a network event and I was impressed when you actually shared who you really were as opposed to what you hope to become and I think it's important for people in business particularly in sales and marketing to learn to share more about who they are you know I have the saying is if you can't sell yourself you're not going to sell your product or your service and I think that's so true right and and it is important and it's still something I'm still learning I've only been in business for about a year. I've learned a lot, but I think what I was not doing is sharing enough of myself. Like you said, it was once you and I got to know each other a little bit better, I understood where you come from and how, how impactful you've been on a lot of people's lives. And not just from the business perspective, but the relationship aspect of it. With a story, it is memorable. And I remember two or three stories about you, Jeanette, that, that still stick with me. And so once you know, once somebody knows those stories, it's easier to do that know, like, and trust. 
Can you share one of those stories? Is it, is it PG? Oh, of course, you put me on the spot right now. Uh, well, just you said it was work- memorable, so I'm just testing you out here. What can I say? Well, this just, is a podcast, right? Right. It's a well, conversation. When, when we're in those networking groups, we only have a limited amount of time to say what we do or how we've been able to, to work with people. But when we sat down and knowing that you've worked, with major auto manufacturers and and changing cultures and helping some of the executives have success now it hits to me much more impactful than just hearing you talk in a in a in a broad meeting where everybody has 30 seconds so you have that time in a one-on-one to to discover those things and understand and and, and, you know, hearing how you've been able to do it and the ways you're able to make that impact is, is really, I mean, it's, I can't identify like a brief story to say because we talked about so many different things. It's understood the struggles that you've had to go through to get to where you are and how you've been able to leverage that to impact other people's lives. Yeah. And I think that's key because I've had to learn that, you know, having been a executive coach for 27 years is how to share my own struggles in such a way that are helpful to others and share others' stories such that I'm not telling something on a particular person. Because what a person has experienced, I promise you I have many other clients that have also gone through that. It does make a big difference in being able to tell stories in such a way that grabs the audience's attention and then sit down and share the broader background where appropriate. I think that's important. As you and I have right. seen, you know, sometimes in these networking meetings, you get somebody who stands up. We're supposed to do a 30-second intro. They literally go for three minutes telling their story, but no one's listening. It's like right. they're talking to air. Right. And the storytelling aspect is, for me, it's been very impactful in getting to understand the story of that person and it becomes more memorable and when you can remember somebody for a story they've told you might be first first thought in somebody when they're looking to do business with somebody else very very true very true so what are a couple takeaways like hey we got our audience here engaged and they're like okay this sounds great but what do i do And we don't want to give them the whole enchilada, right? We want to give them one or two to get them started. So what would be the first one or two things that they should do to help develop their story and make it memorable? That can go uh, in many different directions. But I would say the, the very first part of telling a story is identifying who you are as a person. What makes you, you? And, and that's not something I don't think that you might be able to introspectively do. It might need to be something that you ask somebody about. And it's hard to ask somebody, hey, tell me about me. But there, there are people that can look at you and say, you know, Jeanette, I really like that you take the time to understand what people are about. Okay, now you have a start. Now you can say, okay, where can I further take that what what is about that because that could be very generic but if it's somebody who's trying to think of an industry here a roofing company let's say and i'm just drawing this out of a hat okay if it's, an, if it's a business owner that has a roofing company in a 
somewhat commoditized business, there's a lot of perceptions in there. Well, how can I help people understand that I'm not just going to come out and look at the roof and give you an estimate and hopefully I get your business. I'm going to come out, if I'm a type of, of roof motor, I'm going to come out and look at it, assess it, understand what it is that client is trying to do. And in that, find out about them. So, I mean, I guess going around in circles here, I apologize, but coming back to just being curious about yourself, like what makes you tick? What are your values? Like, you know, my podcast last week, we talked with Katie about how to create our values. I think that's what you're pointing to, like this roofer, or I call him a roofer, this roofing company, I think is important analogy, having had a roof replaced in my, in my history, for them to come and be able to share a story about why it's important that roof be reshingled now or why they have to do a teardown now right. and share a story about people who've waited too long. Yes. And the extensive damage that occurred. Right. And, and again, that's where, you know, it's, it's very broad because you could share a story about a success you've had. You can share a story about something that made you become a roofer or somebody who's doing business that like the why, find out your why. And that's the value proposition, mm. right? When you find out your why, then that's the base for, for everything about storytelling, because you can take that in many different directions, not to be too scattered, but there are more options once you discover why you're doing this. And you asked me earlier about, you know, why I'm passionate about, about this is because I've seen the power of video and how it can affect a business, especially when that business may not have, one, understood how to tell what they're about, two, nobody knows who they are and what they do, and three, nobody knows that they exist. When you're able to tell a story in that perspective that shows all of those things, now you've got something powerful that can be working for, for you. When you find that why, when you find that why, it helps you to identify the different ways that you can help a company. Because it's not about you at the end of the day. It's about how you can provide services and value to that company you're working with. Exactly. I think one of the things that I do when I'm preparing, uh, sometimes even for an article, but normally to do a keynote presentation or a workshop, I'll write out my story and then I'll rewrite it and then I'll rewrite it yet again. And then, and this is key, folks, this is really key, I get in front of the mirror and tell the story. I read the story as I have it written, and then I throw away that paper and tell the story maybe five more times. So what I'm doing is ingraining that story into who I am and making sure that is the person in the mirror engaged? Because if I'm not engaged in my own story, guess what? nobody else is going to be engaged either. Have you yeah. ever done a practice like that? Or maybe you have a different practice you could share? You know, I did do a little bit of acting before, but that was a little bit different because you're portraying a different character. But I have not done that. But when I did record my own personal video business card for my business, it did. I, I, I did do some practice. Had I probably should have done it to the mirror. But I think what you did in that exercise was you created your base that you knew you didn't have to sway too far from, even if you didn't have the right words. And I think that is extremely important for somebody to understand that size that we we've worked on too with the, the, you know, the brag that's time to brag is, you know, you have to almost 
you don't have to convince yourself what you believe, but you have to hear it to yourself a number of different times before you can expand on making it authentic and true and real to you. I agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to share a story that I have permission to share. And in fact, she's going to be my guest uh, next week on the 26th. And it's Natalie Vanderwerken. And I call her the dragon lady. And I remember several years ago, we were at an author tea. What we have to do at this tea is pitch our books. And we have 30 seconds or less to do that. And so she was sharing her, you know, her note card. She had everything written out and I was falling asleep. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness. I said, can I have those cards? So she, you know, reluctantly gave them to me. And I said, okay, boring. And I, I went to rip them up, but I, you know, that was just a joke. And I said to her, I said, do you even like dragons? She goes, oh, I love them. I have over 30 of them. I said, then that's the story you tell. And she nice. did. She was brilliant. She sold out. All the other people are standing there that knew her with their mouths hanging open going, oh, oh my goodness. And she's gone on to become an award-winning author. But again, all she had to do was get in touch with her story and share more from her heart than some kind of objective, yeah, 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 that nobody cares about. Right. And, and you were the catalyst that helped her identify that part of the story. Uh, and, that's, and I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier is it's a challenge for people to find that story. Sometimes they need to hear from somebody who knows them or at least has a relationship with them in some way on what that story is. And, and that's, I think, a pivotal point in somebody in telling their story is because if you're anything like me, it's like, well, is this going to be a, an interesting story to somebody else? You're thinking in terms of what the audience wants to hear. And that is important still. But sometimes you have all of this arsenal of different ways of approaching a story. But unless you hear from somebody else before you actually present, you might be missing a huge part of that story. And that's why, you know, when you're trying to identify your why, you also should be looking at how best to present it from somebody else's perspective. Because again, exactly. I see myself different than you see me. Now that you know me, you probably could tell me about 10 different things I could do to improve my business or my storytelling and where we should rely on people, not so much in the networking and introducing people, but hey, help me identify my story or help me, you know, what is it? about me that you think might be attractive to other people. I think those are great, great points. And some of you may be saying, but why would I need a story? Well, there's a lot of different ways you might need a story, like the pitch that we were just mentioning with Natalie. There's a networking that you and I have just talked about. Even in a sales presentation, instead of getting out of check the box, did you mention all the cost and benefits of this product? tell a story, right? grab the audience's attention and make it memorable. And the most important part of that though, I think is it has to be an authentic story. It can't just be Correct. something that is made up for the entertainment. You're trying to get that business. It has to come from the heart and it could have something to do with an experience that you've had. It could be somebody else's experience, I would say too, but it has to be in a way that is genuine because yes. these days, and again, this goes to my first year in business, people can tell when you're trying to sell them. They might not be able to identify how, but they can feel it. And if mm -hmm. it's not genuine, 
you've lost them in a sense, but the story has to be real to you in a relatable way so that they understand the impact that you can make with them. I think that's a great point. I, I remember an author and a speaker who loved to tell third-party stories. They were not his own stories. They were not stories of anything or anyone he had observed. They were stories he had heard and thought that they might be interesting. And as a result, people weren't interested. Yeah. I mean, that could backfire just as easily, right? Well, but, and, and, and in one case, the, the person he was telling the story about that he had no firsthand knowledge about or even having viewed in action actually gave him a cease and desist order on the story oh, wow. because he wasn't even telling the story correctly, right? Yeah. Well, the examples of, of certain stories can help enhance a story that you might be telling as well. I agree with you, it's a bit risky to, to tell somebody else's story, but it's, again, that's not their, it's not your story anymore. It's, it's a story that you've become familiar with. And that's where the authenticity can kind of backfire. It's, it's got to come from you. Even if you're using examples from other stories, it's got to still relate back to what you bring to the table. Yeah, something like you've touched or felt or heard, right. something like that. You have to have been part of it, I think is my point. Right. And then in that case, I just shared with you that story. I, it was my firsthand experience when working with this person. I mean, it wasn't even part of their life. Sure. It was just something they thought would be entertaining because the person was well-known. Right. Well, people don't like that. So, Don, thank you so much for a great interview. And thank you for helping the audience learn more about this important point of telling stories. Because I, I don't think most people have ever stopped to think about the importance of good storytelling and the different ways that they could do it. One of my favorite questions I ask all my guests is, what does success mean to you? Always a challenging question. And the simple questions tie me up more than a complex one. But I would say what success means to me is giving 100% in everything that you do, whether you have success or not, because if you don't give 100% or more to what you're trying to do, you may not ever reach the potential that you have. And we don't know that until we succeed. But success is laying it out there so that you know and you don't have second doubts about what you've done. You know, that comes from uh, being an athlete to a TV producer to a business owner. If I haven't gone out there and given my best, even if I don't succeed, then I'm always going to be doubting whether I gave enough. I think that's probably what success means to me more than the bottom line or the relationships being built. Uh, because you can't control a lot of those things. They might, it might not be the right time for that business, or you might not be able to, to get what you want immediately. So success is just doing your best. I really love that. So I want to thank you for being my guest today. I know I personally love the stories that you have put together. I will be providing the URL for Don Cardona's business in the podcast overview for On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. I want to thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. Tune in next week for more insights on how to achieve the success you've always wanted with my straight talk for dynamic results. Until next week, enjoy a successful week.